This week on Erotic Awakening, a revisit with Jay Wiseman. Hi, Dan. Hi, Tom. <laughs> Welcome to the new podcast studio. Ooh, it is not that bad looking. We've mm-hmm. still got a bed. That's nice. First things first. Okay. Still working on the podcast studio right now, though, so this is going to be a pretty quick show. Actually, we're just mm-hmm. going to do a best of show. Many, many months ago, when we first got the show started, we were very fortunate to sit down with Jay Wiseman, one of the leaders in our community, and he ta- talked to us about community. Mm-hmm. So that, that great was a topic, yeah. great experience for us as well, and we're going to replay that interview with him today. So, it is a good interview, so if we're going to do a redo, Jay Wiseman's the one to do it with. <laughs> yep, but, but as you could probably hear, there's a lot of creaking and cracking in the background as we continue construction of our fine new Taj Mahal <laughs> of podcast studioing. Yay! So we'll get that done, and coming next week we'll have a nice normal show for you. I do want to mention, though, we do have a winner. Yay! For the Corset for Christmas. The Corset for Christmas. We finished that contest. A lot of people uh, signed up, joined the contest, Mm -hmm. did a little retweeting, did a little telling their friends about the show, and we certainly appreciate all the word that got out. We earlier picked a name from a basket, and it was, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, the, uh, the person uh, entered via Twitter, and their Twitter name is Shoju Chan. Is that how you would pronounce that? I think that's how I would pronounce it, Shoju Chan. Hopefully, Shoju Chan, you will write us soon and say, hey, give me my damn corset. <laughs> or, if we don't hear from you, we will send you a DM via Twitter, and you can tell us what color, size, all that kind of stuff. So, that's it for this show. This time, guys, we're just going to replay that episode with the interview with Jay Wiseman. Really good interview and certainly worth listening to again. Next week, we'll go back to putting all the bells and whistles, Lady Di's voice, mm-hmm. pod show, pod safe music on the end, and, and all the little accoustiments that I like shoving in here. We'll also go back to podcasting in the nude. I do apologize. Dawn's <gasps> merely wearing a bra today. Oh, yes. I am wearing a bra, so it lifts the girls very nicely, but otherwise I'm dressed. <sighs> well, I guess that's dressed, too. They're <laughs> just nice enough there. <laughs> we'll, we'll go down to the uh, local grocery store and just wear oh, no. that. We'll see how, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> how dressed they feel that you are. Is that the uh, slutty uh, humiliation? <laughs> Why not? Okay. Now we have another topic. Mm. Okay, well, first of all, I, I think you're right. It was a good community weekend. Um, uh, people came from a very large, um, from all over to, to be at this event. And in Columbus, Ohio, a thriving SM community in Columbus, Ohio, that's just great. Mm-hmm. Just great. And people came in from you know, Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Philadelphia many other places so one one nutcase came in from san francisco but never mind about that <laughs> i wonder who that was <laughs> now, now tell me you know when you do stuff like on the west coast do you run into issues where there's organizations protesting events like this or not, not really and i'm not even sure you could really call this so much of a protest i I think one of the things that's going on here is that groups like that need someone to demonize for fundraising purposes. 
See, help us go fight the menace. Send us your money so we can go fight the good fight on your behalf. Well, who can they fight? Uh, they they dare not raise the, the abortion issue anymore. The gays and lesbians have become too politically powerful for it to be safe for them to, de- to demonize. So they need someone to demonize for fundraising purposes. And right now, we're kind of a target of convenience. There's a superficially um, shocking quality to how some of us dress. And there's a superficial shocking quality to to the behaviors that some of us engage in. And and they they can milk that. Like, oh, look how terrible these people are. Give us your money so we can go fight them. Right, you know. Uh, I actually think that I, I don't see anything inconsistent with, at all with being a good Christian and being a good sadomasochist. You know, uh, in S&M, we're fundamentally respectful of the well-being of our partners. We don't do anything with or to our partners that does not enhance their well-being in one way or another. You know, it's simply not the case. And in fact, because of our heightened awareness on consent and limits and negotiation, uh, we often make better sex partners, better neighbors, uh, better members of our community. We sometimes make slightly problematic employees because we're neg- we're used to negotiating power imbalances. So. Uh, you know, you no longer see your boss as some sort of supernatural being. You you see them as somebody you've sort of negotiated this. Okay, I'll do within certain limits certain things, and in exchange for that, you will give me an agreed upon amount of money per unit time. And all of a sudden, you start to notice in your boss pulls. So you say, "Wait a minute, we didn't negotiate that, or I didn't consent to that." Uh, sometimes this leads me to wonder if there's a reason why. Um, could it be fairly said that an above average number of our sadomasochists are self-employed? Uh, because you won't put up with crap from a boss, <laughs> you know, the, the way that uh, a person who doesn't have heightened awareness of negotiation and consent issues would. And, right. you know, some bosses don't like that very much. Sure, sure. Do you see us then? Are we really a community more than just consumers of, I mean, an events and leather vendors and that kind of thing. A lot of times we think that there's a lot of dollars being passed around. Mm-hmm. It takes money to run an event like this. It takes money to buy your fashion accessories. And I think sometimes we're just viewed as consumers, but do you feel that we're more of a community than that? Um, absolutely, we're more of a community than that. Um, I mean, on Labor Day, there was a member of our community in the Bay Area who died of a heart attack. Um, Ninety percent of the people who came to his memorial service were fellow Kingsters. You know, we've uh, aided his widow in time of need. I mean, how many of us have helped another SNM person move or provided another SNM person with temporary housing if they were going through a bad patch in their life? Uh, we're absolutely uh, there are. Well, we actually call them communities that are all over the country now even even in many moderate sized cities there are substantial SM communities i mean one of the things like in 2008 over 22 weekends i presented in something like 26 cities in the united states and canada 26 separate cities 
That means there were 26 separate cities with communities big enough to bring in speakers. Right. And it looks like 2009 is even going to be slightly busier than that for me. I'm... Uh, today marks the start of a four-month period where I will be on a plane an average of three weekends out of four. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, next weekend I'm in uh, Tampa, and two weekends after that I'm in Washington, D.C., and then I go to Chicago, and then I go to Los Angeles. Uh, then in late March I start a four-week tour, uh, taking me to Baltimore, New York, Newport News, Philadelphia, Washington D.C., and then uh, in May I'm in. I'm back to Los Angeles, and I'm back to Chicago at the end of May for ShibariCon. Right. Um, I'm I'm amazed that you have your your agenda that well memorized. Oh yeah, well, Palm Pilot. <laughs> Thank you, Palm Pilot. It's, it's picked up for us as well. We're surprised at how really? many people are looking for presenters and, and what's going on. And, and you look at just next weekend, you say you're down in Tampa. There's an event in D.C. And this is a big event. This isn't like just a small, you know, Dark Odyssey Dark in D.C. Yes. And then the Boston Fetish Flea is that same weekend, another big event. So uh, the numbers are certainly seem to be there. There certainly seems to be enough groups gathering and, and holding events like as you were saying. Well, of course, nowadays, the, the major new development in the last year, of course, is the emergence of the website FetLife.com, which I believe two weeks ago broke 100,000 members uh, with the international kinksters very, very well represented. Of course, given that FetLife is out of Canada, it could be said that we are there. <laughs> maybe, maybe my, my jingoism as an American showed there for a second. You that's, know. A, that's a good point, yeah. You know. um, but yeah, I, I have my own group on, on FetLife with the amazing name of Jay Wiseman's FetLife group. <laughs> it has over 1,500 subscribers to it right wow. now. Most of them argue with me, it seems. But, uh, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's geography is becoming almost irrelevant. You know, we, we really are becoming a national and even international network at this point, and we are just growing. That that's the main thing. We are growing to just an, an amazing degree. Now, when when you talk about and you'll have an event in Tampa, and then eventually end up in Chicago and such. One of the things, that is it true about this community that we're branching out and we're traveling and we're seeing each other at these different events? And um, Or do you find it mostly localized? I think it's mostly localized, but not as much so as it used to be. And of course, there are just simply more events being given. It's there used to be maybe six large events per year. Now there's what the BDSM events calendar and so forth. It's you almost can't give a major national event uh, on a weekend that somewhere else in the country another similar event is having. Our our calendar, if it's not already at saturation, it's certainly approached saturation. Um, I, I love coming around to various cities and presenting and so forth. Uh, I've literally been to the four corners of the country in the last year, and it's, it's just great. It's just absolutely wonderful. What, what problems are facing the community? The community is growing so quickly. Uh, all these large events, do you see any problems coming? The, the major 
a problem area right now? Well, to answer that, you have to, first of all, if you look at where was the problem front? Because when I first came into the community in 1975, the problem front was convincing yourself you weren't bone crazy for wanting to do this at all. You know, could you be a decent human being and want to engage in SM activities? The term BDSM wasn't known at that time. That was a very doubtful proposition in that date and time. So the area of struggle then was, first of all, can I want to do this and still be considered a decent person? And I think we've established now that that's true that you can be a decent person and want to do this. Uh, some of the finest people I've met have been sadomasochists. Then it was, okay, can I find one other person who won't leave me because I want to do this? Okay, just to find one partner you could do this with. So so then, so first it was a matter of resolving it at the issue of within oneself. Then it was a matter of resolving it within the issue of a relationship. Okay. The current area of struggle is in making groups work. Uh, growing organizations, making organizations run well. Uh, a lot of political squabbles right now, which cause a great deal of heat and estrangement. But these struggles exist because the groups have gotten large enough for there to be struggles. You know, um, I, 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 when I was in law school, I, I took a course and became a certified mediator, and I've actually done some mediations in, nice. with, with various S&M groups. Uh, I teach workshops on conflict resolution within the community because making groups work well is the current area of struggle as, as this community grows. And, you know... Uh, the community, our history can now quite meaningfully be divided into the pre-cyber era and the cyber era. And in the cyber era, which we're currently in, of course, geography is almost irrelevant. Like on FetLife, you got a guy from Great Britain and a screaming argument with a with a guy from Australia. Or right. And wouldn't, right. You both, wouldn't you know they'd both be male doms? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because I've, I've heard you talk before about your... Um, presenting it one of our local groups and saying, well, you know, maybe in this community you have this type of person who conflicts with this type of person and who's struggling with this type of person. And it's really interesting to know that it's when we look around our own local groups and we say, oh, why can't everyone just get along? Oh, we have such political strife within our group. Is something wrong to recognize? I, from what you're saying, I really get the impression that it's just a group dynamic when your group hits a certain size. And the personality types that we have in these groups, that perhaps this is part of our natural growing pains. We have a lot of people in this community with very strong egos and very definite ideas about how things should and shouldn't be done. We also have tops. <laughs> um, but, it, but it's a matter of, of it's a, it's, we're learning how to make groups work now, and we're making progress at it. Uh, there's a lot of heat to the light, but there, there's a fair amount of light as well. We just had, all things considered, a very well-run event here in Absolutely. Columbus, Ohio, uh, in the face of what turned out to be you know quite token resistance by, uh, well, as I... As I talked last night as we you know as, as I you know 
said last night, uh, Jesus, please protect us from some of your followers. You know, right. There's nothing contradictory about being a good Christian and being a good S&M person. Um, but some people are too heavily invested and perhaps I say want others to invest in, in, in the most literal sense. Uh, they just don't want to hear that. Do you see people bringing more religion into the community in a positive way? Is that the path that we need to take where, you know, part of our events on Sunday morning is to have a service within ourselves? Or is that or is the community not really ready for that sort of a step yet? Well, that would depend on how you defined it. Um, there certainly can be a spiritual aspect to the S&M experience. And uh, that certainly can be cultivated. And there are people who, who do that. Um, and of course, there are a number of people who um, are conventionally religious, who are also uh, sadomasochists. Where was it? Where was I at last year? I think I might have been. What city was I in, where I met two women who were both S and M people and fundamentalist Christians? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago. That's right. I was in Chicago. I remember this now. Yes, yes. Um, I, I was out to dinner with this, this this other lawyer I know, and she had two friends with her, two, these two women. And I was having a quite cordial conversation with the three of them. And all of a sudden I realized these other two women are fundamentalist Christians. And they're pervs. <laughs> and one was single. One was married. She was here with her husband's consent. And we actually had a very interesting talk. And they actually saw no inherent contradiction between being into S&M and being a fundamentalist Christian. It was a fascinating conversation. Yeah, I bet it was. So, um, just people-wise, the difference over the years and the types of people that are getting into the community, how's that changed? Oh, how has that changed? Well, for better and for worse, we're easier to find mm -hmm. than we used to be. Um, you, it used to be true that you had to really want to find the SM community. Usually you had to answer a very discreet ad in an adult paper or something like that. People rented post office boxes and sent self-addressed stamped envelopes and all that low-grade spy intrigue and so forth. But to be fair, the main change in S&M between what I will call in broad outline back then and now is that this is much less taboo than it used to be. You know, in 1990 when Madonna brought out that song about how she liked to be tied up and spanked, you know, she would not have brought out that song in 1970 or even 1980. Right. So it's much less taboo and it's much easier to find. I mean, starting in the late 90s, I, I, I've asked many, many people, uh, how did you come in? And in about the late 90s, I started to hear people say, oh, I came in online. And in particular, in the cyber era, the main thing, the main thing that has changed regarding the cyber era is that it has brought heterosexual women into the community in large numbers. Um, we used to have a terrible problem with gender imbalance because who was going to buy an adult newspaper and then answer an ad? 
and it'll men and going to like Janus orientations in the late 80s there'd be like a dozen single men there and maybe one couple at each monthly orientation and maybe maybe twice a year three times a year you'd get a single woman showing up by herself so we, we had this terrible problem for everybody with truly enormous gender imbalance now a woman can type spanking into Google and three weeks later, she can be in a munch. Tom's done that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it almost seems like the gender balance is going the other way at this point, doesn't it? Seems well, like there's a lot more women. I'm not sure I'm prepared to go that far, okay. but the gender imbalance is much less of a burning issue than it used to be. I, I feel comfortable saying that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it used to be just. I, I was at an S and M party one time where there was a five to one male to female ratio. It, no, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, and it was a nightmare for the women. Okay. You know, it's you know after about ninety minutes of that, it gets really old. Um, so, the, but but gender imbalance certainly is, isn't the hot burning issue that it used to be. Um, also, a woman with submissive desires can come into the community now cold with a reasonable probability of meeting a man who is a reasonable person to explore this aspect of herself with. Um, uh, in talking with um, single submissive women in the pre-cyber era, that was often a much more problematic thing. You know, a woman who ran a personal ad advertising that she was submissive, God only knows how many wing nuts she'd hear from. Right. Right. Okay. One, one more question for you. We, sure. We, we talk about the, the pre-cyber era, era and the cyber era. What do you see on the horizon? What's coming next? Oh. Oh. Well, given that nobody could really foresee the cyber... I'm sure it's something we can't reasonably foresee. Okay. I'm sure it's something that will once again so qualitatively change what we're doing. Um, the big problem right now, of course, is geography. You know, I've been known the joke that the Internet is a conspiracy by the airlines to sell more tickets right. <laughs> you know, I almost certainly would not be sitting in Columbus Ohio at the moment you know but for the internet right so it will probably be something that will again qualitatively change the nature of how we interact as as people and uh, I'm not sure the exact nature of, of it is foreseeable. The internet was not reasonably foreseeable, but it's, it's going to be something that's just going to add a whole new dimension to what we do. Very cool. Very cool. You mentioned a, a FetLife group. That, yes. What was your FetLife group? Uh, Jay Wiseman's FetLife group. That easy would be enough. an easy one to get. <laughs> yeah. That's memorable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I love traveling. I love coming around the country to talk to various groups. Uh, Anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me on FetLife.com. Great. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Jay. My very pleasure. much appreciated it. Coming up next week, 
I return to our normal format, an interview with Catherine Gross of Servants Retreat. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.